Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Anna. And today is a bit of a different episode where we're going back to a few weeks ago where I actually had a fireside discussion about youth banking with Dominic Pym, who many of you will know as the co-founder of UpBank. And this was part of our Australian Banking Innovation Summit. So what Dom and I spoke about was the goals for UP to be the number one bank in the industry and some of the initiatives and features that UP is offering customers to engage them in banking and support them with financial goals. So part of that is making customers feel that they're not just another number, they're not just another sales figure. And then we also talked about how do we encourage customers to have open dialogues about money, especially young people thinking about the way they think about money and credit and their awareness of buy now, pay later and their engagement with new neo banks and new market entrants. You know, how, how are they thinking about money and are they talking honestly with friends and peers about money in that early stage to kind of help with that longer term financial literacy in the future? I've already seen this conversation. I have to say it's such a great interview. Um, I found it super interesting, so I'm sure our listeners will as well. And just really topical for what's happening in the market at the moment in Australia, very low rate environment. So it's very hard to compete on rate and up are doing really a pretty amazing job of winning younger customers via things like PFM and um, really great digital experience. Um, So I think they're a really good case study for our listeners in other markets around how you can uh, compete outside of rate and how you can win even in a low rate environment. Lots of uh, lots of other markets are facing those same challenges um, and are quite a successful neobank in the Australian market. So very interesting conversation um, and I'm sure everyone will, will get a lot out of it. Well, thanks everyone for joining us for this fireside discussion uh, on the topic of youth banking, which is something that RFI Group's been doing a lot of research on in the last couple of months. It's something that, you know, banks are talking about, we're thinking about the years to come, you know, what's the role of young people in the market and how are they going to shape banking relationships, uh, you know, the way they save money, the way they make payments. So it's a really, really interesting space. And we're lucky enough to actually have Dominic Pym here, who you'll know is the co-founder of UP. And I'll hand over to Dom to talk a little bit more about himself and just give you a a proper introduction. Um, But really, really lucky to have to to be here with him today. So really looking forward to this discussion. So Dom, did you want to introduce yourself a little bit more and just tell us about your interest in the youth banking topic and give a bit of background into what UP's been doing lately? No worries. Thanks, Anna. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, UP has sort of um, in some ways taken the market by storm, um, you know, with the sort of innovation and disruption that we've seen, you know, with the banking licenses, the restricted banking licenses and the neo banks, the challenger banks and so on. So I was fortunate to uh, be working with Bendigo Bank. My, my company, Ferocia, was working with Bendigo Bank for about a decade. <laughs> I think at the time we'd been working together six years. And uh, j- just before um, that disruption started to happen, we had the opportunity to build a relationship and say, right, well, you know, we want to be part of that. So we were the first of the next generation digital banks. Up Up was the first of the next generation digital banks to launch in Australia. And we've gone from nothing in a, in a few years to 500,000 customers. Actually, I think it's 425,000, like, so we're approaching 500. Um, and, uh, you know, billions and billions in, in, in transactions and uh, tens of billions in transactions and so on. So, so you know, my, my role as the founder has been, um, you know, to pull the team together, um, to be passionate about it, uh, to help pull the strategy and product together. So I've also tried to embed myself in the industry, and that's why I'm here chatting with you guys, but, you know, participating in Startup Vic and uh, Fintech Australia and, uh, you know, Startmate and Startup Bootcamp and like just stuff like that so that, I, I you know, I can be part of 
the community and, and, and part of that disruption. So that's sort of me and, and my background. And, and UP itself now is uh, headed up by Xavier Shea. He's our CEO. Um, and we announced as part of the Bendigo Bank acquisition that Zave is the CEO. He'd actually been doing it for about 18 months. We just hadn't told anyone. <laughs> uh, we never really had a CEO before that. So, yeah, so UP has sort of come from nothing to, to be a, a, a you know, reasonably recognised brand amongst a regionally niche uh, group of customers, but we're growing fast and predominantly about uh, 50% of our customers are aged between 16 and 25. So a uh, very young, uh, very young uh, customer base. And that leads really nicely into, I think, what we're going to be talking about today when thinking about where UP is sitting in the market and the opportunity for, for growth. And I'll share some RFI data as we go through. But I think just thinking about banking and how young people feel about banking, RFI data shows that young Australians are more likely to indicate that they trust banks to keep their money safe, but less likely to feel that banks are interested in, in them as individuals. So they trust them to you know, their money is safe and secure, but they don't feel that banks necessarily see them as individuals. But what do you think banks can do to make sure young people, or to, to make young people feel that they're not just a sales opportunity or, you know, just another number? How can they sort of be feeling like they're an individual person with unique needs and goals and aspirations? It's actually a very hard problem to solve because um, any organisation, not just banking, but, you know, large enterprises, are set up as that sort of sales funnel, the way we used to think about it. So none of us are bankers. Like, like we've all come from outside the banking sector. We're all software, engineering, product, design, technology people. And we've come in with a different mindset to really disrupt it. So I would say that the first part of that to me is actually just do it. Like don't talk about the customer being the customer and being at the center of what you do and all that sort of stuff. You know, it has to manifest in action. It has to actually be that the customer is forefront of the mind. Um, and, and so that's been easier for us, I guess, in bringing, developing something new rather than trying to transform an established like large incumbent bank or enterprise. So the first thing for us, I, I call it the up vibe, right? And it's not the, the brand, the emotional feeling. It's like when people without banking experience come together to, you know, that care about people and care about, you know, customers and, and respect those customers, and, and not just customers, by the way, I think about it as people and planet, right? So if you have an ethical uh, value system and, and, you, and you respect the people, then it's really easy to treat them as people and not as a customer. So that vibe, like a lot of people will talk about love, you know, you hear marketing stuff and, oh, we love our customers, whatever. Um, it needs to come from within. So, we, you know, we talk about our, our team, it's a small team, about 65 people now. When we launched, we were less than 30 people. So that team created a brand and the brand was created by people that aren't bankers that don't work at a bank and so we had an opportunity like a clean slate to think about what would we want our bank to be like how would we like that interaction with our bank and how would we want it emotionally to feel and if you can create that feeling that sort of emotional connection then we can start a revolution <laughs> and our revolution was making money easy that's what we wanted to do how do you make money easy for the next generation and the generation after that and really up, if, you know, in summary, like up is the culmination of all the different things we do, brand, product, design, financial stuff, technology, engineering, support, like it's bringing all those things together. I, I kind of joke about it when I call it the excellence of everything, because you can't be excellent at everything, <laughs> right? But it really is the culmination of those things. But the vibe resonates with younger Australians because it's coming from people who aren't traditionally bankers. So I don't think that's something that, uh, should be left unsaid, right? That's, I want to get that out up front. But I might just give one or two examples of what UP have done and how that's manifested. So for example, 
we thought that customer service amongst banks was pretty poor. Um, and I'm not here to pick on banks. <laughs> you know, we, we all use banks and we are a bank now, right? Um, so, but, you know, we'd work with Bendigo, as I said, for about six or seven years or something at the time. And Bendigo win all the awards for the best customer service. But we felt that the bar wasn't high enough. Like, it's still not good enough. I want to have the same level of support, like if I'm talking to my mates at the pub or if I'm, uh, you know, getting um, uh, some sort of interaction and I'm on Facebook or Instagram or, what, you know, Snapchat or whatever. So to create that type of feeling, that emotional connection, we created something called Talk To Us. And Talk To Us is embedded in the Up app. And it means that you can reach out to a real human and have a real conversation about your ideas for making the bank better or your, you know, customer support problem or whatever it is. And it's not a chatbot and it's not algorithms and AI and machine learning and all that sort of stuff. It's an actual human sitting next to me. It used to be me, <laughs> like me and Anson. I'll talk about Anson a bit later, I think. But Anson's our chief imaginer, we call him, or our head of product. Um, you know, Anson and I used to literally answer the customer chats when we only had, you know, a few thousand customers. We now have a team of 23 people, 23 people for 500,000 customers. If you think about that ratio, talk to us has enabled us to have a first response time to customers of less than three minutes. So, so, so that is an example of how different thinking and a different approach from non-bankers can actually create a customer interaction where the customer doesn't feel like a number. They're not getting a ticket. They're not waiting on hold for half an hour. They're not you know, waiting days for someone to get back to them. Within minutes, we're getting back to them. And it's probably with a Simpsons meme. <laughs> you know? um, so, so I think that, that that's just one example. I just want to give maybe one more is I think being considerate. So all the incumbent banks do amazing things and none of them like more so than Bendigo. Bendigo have their community bank. They, you know, they, they do stuff across 500 different communities, you know, nationwide. Um, you know, Westpac have their chopper and, 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 and rescue service and all the banks try to do something, but it's really hard for the younger generation to connect with that and to, and to recognize what that means. So, so when I say be considerate, what I mean is that the topics that are important to your customers, particularly the younger customers, things like environment, uh, social responsibility, diversity, uh, you know, the, just the planet, the future, um, you know, th those sort of things that are important to that younger generation. Um, we make them important to us. And by not being part of, you know, of the investors in fossil fuels or, um, you know, we work with Google and they're 100% carbon neutral or as is Bendigo Bank. Um, uh, so, so, so those sort of things is actually not just about people not feeling like a number, but creating that emotional connection with people because it's the same stuff we care about. I call it like, an aligned moral compass. Like if you have an aligned moral compass with your customer, then anything's possible. And, and whatever it is that you build for your customers is gonna resonate because it resonates with you and you are your customer. Very hard for a big incumbent bank to be able to do that, but much easier for us to be able to do that when we're starting from scratch. I love the, the answer of, if you wanna you know, think about customers being an individual, just literally think about your customers as individuals. You know, think about, <laughs> Your customers as more than just numbers you know you're speaking to them directly and we actually had someone within our team that is an up customer they sent a request they said i've got an idea and the idea was actually um, taken on board they said yes this is a great idea you know we're actually going to integrate that in the next update and it's like this whole it's quite a simple thing where you're open to customers ideas yet that's flowing through to the bank constantly having updates and improvements which is kind of an amazing thing where customers feel like they actually a part of the journey with you. You know, they've got an idea and you say, I really like that idea. We'll include that in the next couple of months. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's amazing. You know, that feedback loop with customers and our rapid cadence of delivery, like the mm -hmm. way that we are able to, you know, we set ourselves a goal when we started working with Bendigo Bank 10 years ago, 
And the goal was to do one customer software update a month. Now that's a big goal for a big bank. And we got there, we're doing more than one a week with them now. But with UP, we set ourselves a different goal. And the goal was to do continuous deployment to customers. So just software updates every day. And we set ourselves an actual practical target, which was five, right? So we said, could we do five software updates to customers a day? And if we did that every single day, then when the customer comes with a great idea or when we have a great idea or a new product or a new technology gets released or whatever, it can actually just feed into the cadence of the delivery cycle and it comes out really quick. So now instead of like a traditional bank, an idea taking years to go through the pipeline and then get delivered, we can deliver it in a matter of hours, days, or weeks. Like that, 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 that is a, an absolute game changer. And we don't actually know many organizations in the world that can do that, let alone in banking. Do you think part of that comes from the, you know, you mentioned that there's people from outside the banking industry that are part of UP and it's, you know, the diverse perspectives that lead to some of these new ideas. Do you think that's the, the real benefit of having these different perspectives from people who've been in different industries? I think so. I mean, it's, it's for us, it's definitely an important sort of differentiator. Um, you know, a, a lot of people are copying things that UP does and it's hard to copy those things if you don't have that genuine intent, transparency, trust, um, you know, respect. Um, if, if you're just trying to make a new thing because everyone else has it, it, it just feels shallow. It doesn't feel real. And the reason that we've found this enormous connection, I think part of the reason why we found this enormous connection with people is that we're doing it with a genuine intent. Um, and that's been something in my view that has not been missing from the banking sector. It is there. Like there's there's some great like regional Australia bank or, you know, I think, you know, the rebranded CUA, you know, is um, uh, Great Southern and, and, you know, obviously Bendigo Bank. And there's a whole bunch of great, and ING is another one, you know, Bank Australia. So there's all these banks that have this sort of great intention, but it's been difficult for them to get the momentum or the recognition. So Bendigo have 2 million customers, but nobody knows all the good stuff they do. You know, I say it to Marnie all the time, that actually if there was a way that we could communicate better so that people knew the difference that they're making, I think that's that's really key. So for UP, we, we didn't have all that incumbency and sort of that history that we needed to deal with. We just came as a new player. So to get, like you said earlier, to be one of the uh, you know top recognised brands in banking, is, I think, an ex if I say so myself, an extraordinary achievement in just a couple of years. Absolutely. And I think I've got some RFI data that I think really supports that, which was in our youth banking research, we spoke to 16 to 21 year olds. So, you know, you mentioned that's quite a key segment for UP as well. And we asked a question, which was, we asked customers to type in, so open-end response, the first bank that came to their mind and UP came in number in 10th place. So the major banks were, you know, in the first you know, one to four places, uh, but UP actually came in in 10th place. So customers thought of UP first, they typed that in as the bank that came to mind first. And I just found that kind of exciting when thinking about if customers are already thinking about, oh, what's a big bank or what's a bank in Australia UP? You know, what does that mean for two, three years down the line? So, I mean, what do you, what do you make of that stat? And what do you think is really contributing to that level of awareness among this young cohort? I mean, there's so many things about that. I mean, the, 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 the first thing I'll say is that um, we haven't done a lot of work yet in communicating that UP exists. And so to be in the top 10 already is literally extraordinary. The most exciting part for us is that the last few years have really just been launch. The next few years for us is growth. So you can imagine that we're already adding sort of between 500 and 1,000 customers a day and now we're moving into the growth phase. We want to actually ramp that up significantly. And to ramp it up significantly, we need to get out to a much broader audience. So I think, you know, it's amazing, 
but it's just really the beginning. Our goal is not to be 10. Our goal is to be number one. And to be number one requires uh, all of the things we've talked about, the vibe, the emotional connection, the respect, the trust, all that sort of stuff, the brand. But it also you know, requires an enormous amount of innovation um, to do something different than what the incumbent banks have done. So you know, when you think about um, the fact that banking in Australia is a solved problem, you know, we do have an underbank community, it's a very or non-bank community, which is a very small community. But generally, everyone, most adults in Australia, of which there's about 18 million of them, um, have three bank accounts each, <laughs> right? So, so it, it, you're coming into an established, saturated market. You've got to do something different, not just the same as everyone else, in order to get that adoption. And so, for us to get number one in the under 35 segment in the next few years is actually going to actually demand rapid acceleration, innovation, um, and differentiation from the incumbent banks. And one of the ways, so you mentioned that UP isn't doing, you know, really specific advertising, you know, there's, there's things you're doing such as the referral bonuses. Do you think the referral bonus is playing a key role in that awareness or is it just more generally the digital app and, you know, that experience of being a customer who is an individual rather than just a target number? I reckon that's an awesome question because it's quite insightful. Like our referral bonus is five bucks. It's like a Coke or a Mars bar. It's not, yeah. it's not it's like we can't compete with the deep pocketed banks. The banks have billions to spend. We, our budget in the first when we launched up was like a million bucks. Like we had nothing, right? So we can't afford to give away $100 to open an account or 150 some banks are giving, um, you know, or even 25 or 50 bucks. It's way, way too much. So when we look at the average cost of acquisition across the industry, this is a bit geeky, right? But if you start thinking about, well, what does it cost us to acquire a customer? And then what does it cost us to retain that customer? Some broad numbers, you guys would know better than us, right? But some broad numbers would be anywhere between a few hundred dollars and a thousand dollars is how much banks are paying. So if they're giving away a few hundred bucks, 150 bucks or whatever to open an account, it's not a big deal to them. To us, we would go bankrupt, right? So we, we can't afford to do that. And then retaining customers, the average cost to retain a customer in Australia is around a couple of thousand, you know, somewhere between a thousand, a couple of thousand a year. So again, if we were to outlay that sort of money, uh, we would we would go bust. So for example, to, to you know, our referral is not intended to incentivize people to come across uh, from another bank. That's never been the intention. We're not trying to create the primary financial institution of the future. That's not that's not been our goal. Our goal is to make money easy, and we know that people already have a bank. So just try up, and when you try it. We give $5 so that you can actually experience what it's like to use up. And the dream is actually pretty awesome. The original vision for up, which, which wasn't possible in Australia at the time, was if you're waiting in the coffee line at a cafe, which most Aussies do, and you know it takes you two or three minutes to get to the front of the queue and pay for your coffee, order your coffee and pay for it. What we'd love is if someone told you when you're at the back of the queue that there was this cool new thing called up and it was digital bank. By the time you got to the front of the queue, you could buy your coffee. Now, that seemed like it was completely crazy because at the time when we thought of that idea, it was taking between uh, three and 10 business days to open a bank account in Australia. And even if you could open it online, like ComBank had an online opening, as did uh, ING, you had to wait for the card to arrive before you could put it into your wallet before you could buy anything with it. So our vision was, could you turn around something that would take more than a week? and make it happen in less than five minutes, like just a few, even two minutes if possible. So we, we achieved that when we launched about three years ago. And it was the first bank in Australia where you could download the app, install the app, get KYC, 100 points of ID, blah, 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 open a bank account, 
have money in the account because we gave you five bucks or you transfer some money in yourself, transfer the money in, in real time using the new payments platform. And by the time you're at the front of, front of the queue, you literally pay for your coffee in less than a couple of minutes. There are half a dozen banks or so in Australia that can do that now, three years later. But when we did it at the time, it was just completely unheard of. So the referral bonus, uh, actually I'll rephrase it, referrals account for 60% of our growth, but only 20% or a third of that 60% are paid. Right, So it puts it into perspective that, yes, the paid referral is important, but it's a very small token gesture. It's not a huge amount that other banks can afford. And that's not what's driving the growth. What's driving the growth is showing how awesome up is to your mates at the pub, um, recommending it to your family and friends. Um, we, we have a, a, an amazing um, an amazing new uh, program that we launched recently called 2UP, which is part of our multiplayer banking strategy. The multiplayer banking strategy is that up is better with mates, right? That's it. It's just better with mates. There's no other bank in Australia or in the world that we know of where it's actually better with your mates. It's exactly the same experience with any incumbent bank, whether you're one, whether they have one customer or whether they have 10 million customers. So our view is how do you make it better so that you and your partner or you and your family or you and your sports team or you and your work team or whatever, how do you make it possible, you and your group of friends, to get a better experience by being more than one person? We call that multiplayer banking. And it's a space that's rapidly evolving. The first version, the first thing we released for it was 2UP. 2UP added to our growth significantly because what multiplayer banking and 2UP as our joint account, what did 2UP do? It's awesome. You know, I don't know if you've seen it, but it like it's 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 branded like a computer game. It's all about gamification and banking. Um, you can set up an account and you can blow up the account instantly. So so you know what I say, the way I pitch it is that it's actually targeted at the ninety percent of people that would never have got a joint account before. Mm. Like you and I could get a two up, right? And we could just share money with each other if we're going away for the weekend. Five people going on a camping trip, a sports team, you know, two mates, whatever. That, that's sort of the ideas we want to put into people's head. So for us. You don't have to be married to get a joint account. You could be roommates. You could be partners. You could be same-sex couple. <laughs> you know, you could be brother and sister, mother and daughter, um, you know, whatever. So, so, so for us, it opened up the market from a very small slither of people that have ever even thought of getting a joint account to get this amazing, awesome gamified experience for anyone who wants it, right? So that has contributed to our growth significantly. So I just say that, yes, referral is important, but it's the... It's the, it's the referral that is unprompted and is um, coming from people's heart. And going back to what we said earlier, that vibe, that emotional connection. I use this thing and I love it so much. So I recommend it to you. That creates the connection and the love. And it also feeds into the longevity. So even though we're not going to create this primary financial institution, what happens is when your mate or your brother or your sister or your mum or your dad or whatever recommends you to this, uh, this new tool, what happens is you start using it. You realize how awesome it is. And then we get people telling us every day, I'm an upsider for life. <laughs> you know, so, so, so that means that we don't have to sort of woo them away from their incumbent bank. They just try up. They love it so much. They end up putting some of their money in and then a little bit more of their money. And I'll put it into perspective for you. We have seen in the last couple of years, two and a half years, $8 billion or more than that now. It's probably getting close to 10. But the last time I looked at it, over $8 billion in new deposits coming in, mostly from the big four banks. So we're no longer just a little neo, you know, sort of ignore us. We're just a little ant. We've got 500,000, nearly 425,000 customers heading towards 500,000. Um, we've done over $40 billion in transactions, like $40 billion in nearly 200 countries. So, so UP itself started off as just an idea. Now it is actually, like you say, a top 10 recognized bank. It's also a top 10 trusted bank. And it's something that, you know, I, I think, you know, has a, a material future. The reason I say that 
is that it's it's not like we're just tinkering around the edges. We say to people, try up, they try it, they fall in love with it. 50% of our customers are active. Now, a lot of banks can say that. A lot of 50% of our customers are active, but 50% of our um, customers are active and they're active every single day. So on average, our active customers are purchasing, a, you know, using their uh, up transaction, their wallet, whatever, more than once a day. Most banks measure that on a monthly basis. How active are our customers? They're doing one transaction a month, we'll put a tick. We didn't even measure transactions because if we had measured engagements or transactions, it'd be many, many multiples. We're just talking about simply purchases, more than one a day for active customers. Of those active customers, more than 50% of them are what we would call salaried customers, which means that we're not just an afterthought. We are literally the person's core saving bank or core spending bank. They're using up every single day, on average, more than once a day and they're putting their salary into up or the equivalent of a salary. So they might get paid into a existing incumbent, you know, big four bank, maybe Combank or Westpac or NAB or ANZ, but then they transfer that money straight into up and that's where they use it. So I just wanted to give you that flavor that, you know, it, 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 yes, referrals are an important mechanism, but we imagined the referral as a way to, for you to tell your mates and get them on board and for them to experience what it means to be an upsider, not to bribe them to come over to up. Mm, I love that explanation because it's important when thinking about $5, you're right. It's not that much money in terms of this is the juiciest, you know, acquisition offer in the market. It's really more about, I've got this bank that I really like. Do you want to try it? It'll be, you know, half, it'll be a coffee or, you know, maybe it'll get you half a drink if you're at the pub. And it's, I think it's a great strategy, especially that um, multiplayer banking idea, because when you're, you know, 15 or 16, you're typically transferring money to the same few people. It's usually, I remember, you know, you transfer every time you'd go somewhere, you'd kind of alternate, but you transfer each other the money. And if you can actually just have a little, a joint account rather than a proper joint account as in a relationship account, it's a really great innovation when just thinking about how young people are buying things. You know, it might be a small amounts of money they're transferring to each other, but if you can make that really easy, you can gamify it. Why would they go anywhere else if they're having this great experience and all their friends are using a similar bank or they're using the same bank and they can actually just do that so seamlessly? And we're very lucky in Australia. So when, when we launched up, we built it natively on NPP using OSCO. So everything was real time. And mm -hmm. we had to get an exemption at the time uh, from the MPPA to be able to uh, create a unique identifier that so every upsider when they signed up automatically had an account. Now, why did we do that? We did that because all the incumbent banks had already registered everybody's either mobile number or email address. And so, you know, if we were going to sort of get those people to try up, they couldn't register their mobile number or email address without moving from the other bank, right? Moving their real-time banking from one bank to another. That's a really big ask. So we actually set it up so that every upsider that signs up gets what we call an up name. And the up name is like a, a handle on social media. So, you know, mine's at DOM or dollar, dollar, dollar DOM, I call it, right? So, so you can just send money to dollar DOM and it finds its way to me. You don't need to know my mobile or my BSB account or my email or whatever else. And so then we found everybody got really excited about securing their up name. Yeah. So now we've got people all over Australia that have secured their up name. We've got one up name is God, <laughs> you know, uh, and, you know, like another, another up name, uh, you know, like obviously we tried to get the ones that we could. So I wanted to get DOM. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, as, as, as it grows in popularity, you end up getting, uh, you know, Jenny 22 or, or whatever. But, but we also found that a lot of people like to get their uh, up name matching their Facebook or their Twitter or their Instagram or whatever, you know, other handles that they use. Mm. And it's just so awesome for, for friends to be able to pay each other in that way. Now, the reason I mention it is that 
in order to do that previously, before Up launched and made you know an instant bank account, and then before we launched the idea of an Up name and this sort of stuff, you have to have many different apps on your phone to do all that stuff. So I just say, watch this space because the multiplayer banking strategy is a long-term strategy and 2UP was the first product that we launched. We recently did uh, requests where you can do money requests and that's ahead of the NPP, you know, uh, pay, you know the, 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 the pay to, uh, the new feature that's coming out, which will be adopted by all banks, but you know, that'll be years away before it gets adopted by everyone, right? <laughs> so so we, we wanted to launch that. Um, you know, next for us will be splitting bills and then there'll be other things coming, you know, like shared accounts and, and so on and so forth. So it's probably worth saying that we have a public roadmap. So the tree of UP, is available for anyone that wants to see everything we've built, everything we're building, and everything we're planning to build. And that radical transparency around a bank was, again, never seen anywhere in the world. Um, some banks, some of the new banks had uh, roadmaps that they would publish, but nothing like the tree of up. The tree of up is an interactive uh, way for customers to not only see, but have a say in what it is that we do, um, but you know, see the context. Why are we doing this and not this other thing that this customer wants. <laughs> you know, well, like what's the content? Why are we doing that? And you can see in the branches of the tree of up that the multiplayer banking strategy is pervasive right across the tree in all different aspects. And so over the coming years, you'll see all sorts of awesome features that we release that makes banking with your mates even better. I think the idea of transparency as well is really key when thinking about UP's longer term growth because post-Royal Commission, RFI research has really shown that customers want transparent banking. They want to know what fees they're being charged. They want to know the rates and they want to know why. They want to know what, what banks are doing. And I think it also ties in with feeling like an individual rather than just another number. And having the growth plans that are transparent, I think is a really great idea for customers who go, this is kind of interesting. I want to look into this bank because it's, you know, I haven't heard of it before. Maybe if we think about the youth segment, maybe their parents look up, up and they go, oh, what's, I haven't heard of this bank. Then they have the information they can look at, which is quite, I think, a, a good way to think about, you know, getting customers comfortable or even just excited about what's to come. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, just to jump in when you mentioned that is that we think that one of the reasons that UP is, um, you know, in the top 10 of, of recognized banks already is because it's the first bank that um, young people are choosing that isn't their parents' bank, right? So we all have a bank where you know, our, our parents set up bank accounts for us and they nearly always set it up with the big four banks. And sometimes it depends where you live, it could be a regional bank or whatever. But, um, but you know, everyone has a bank account, your parents do it for you or you get a dollar mites when you're at school or whatever. But when you grow up, you wanna make that decision yourself. It's like buying your first car or having your first kiss. <laughs> I don't wanna make it sound, too awesome, but, but it is, right? And it should be awesome. It's like, it's a decision that you're making for yourself. It's part of your independence. It's part of your personality. And so for you to be able to choose your bank, um, you know, it's actually something that a lot of people don't think is that important, but I think it's absolutely critical. And, and you know, and, and for us to see that people are choosing up as their first bank means that we've started, that's our first kiss. Like we've started that relationship. And then, and then beyond there, we can deliver all the awesomeness that we deliver. <laughs> and that's where we can actually, you know, create a relationship with upsiders. Um, and over time we'll add, you know, new things as well. But I think that the trust that we've been able to create um, and the ethical alignment that we can create with, with not just customers, but also our partners like Bendigo and, and others, um, you know, it, it's, it, it goes to who we are and then, and then the features that we release are just almost, you know, icing on the top of the cake. Do you think, so you mentioned that, you know, young people starting their own, choosing their own bank. And I think that conscious choice can also tie in with retention, like you mentioned, because it's that milestone. And, you know, we know that customers, when they take out their first account, often it'll be, you know, maybe their parents set up an account when they're a kid, but when they take out their first account and they choose that, 
because they have that, they want independence or they're earning their first income from their first job or they want to start making payments rather than their parents giving them pocket money, whatever it might be. It's that step towards independence and the idea of you know, them deciding up as their bank, I think is a really great one. But I think a good question to, to know would be, do you think parents will remain central to this decision-making process in, you know, for future generations to come? Or do you think it's going to become easier and easier for young people to just choose the banks they want, look up the information themselves and, you know, take out an account that suits them rather than one their parents are comfortable with or the parents have recommended? I mean, I, I don't have a crystal ball, right? But I, I can tell you my my perception is that it will be the same as, uh, you know, getting your first apartment or buying your first car. Like for some people, their parents will be a critical part of that. And for other people, uh, they will do the opposite of what their parents suggest because they're rebellious. <laughs> you know, So I think we're probably more, up is probably more aligned with the rebellious, um, you know, disruptive innovation uh, sort of mindset. So I think at the moment, uh, we see a massive portion of our new customers choosing us as their first bank and doing it on their own merits, not, not doing it because it's their parents or that their parents said they should do that. So I don't see a great need for us to target parents, for example. Um, but I will say this, up is for everyone. Like we don't build up for kids or build up for adolescents or build up for a particular demographic. We don't have like um, the perfect up customer and put it up on a whiteboard and then say, right, how do we target them? That's just not how we work. We go back to those ground groups, that, that vibe. If we want to make banking easy for all Australians, it just so happens that that resonates with that younger audience. But our customers are aged up to 100. Like about a third of our customers are, are sort of sub um, uh, I think 20 something, 22, you know, let's say sub uh, end of university. And then in the mid tier between say 22 ish and 45 ish uh, is about another third and then another third beyond that or whatever. So I know it's 50% for sure is less than between 16 and 25, but it's sort of like you can imagine that there's also older people using up and actually they love it just as much as the young people. They're just probably not, um, they don't know about it yet. Like what happens we found is that when one young person finds out about something, they post it on Instagram, they send it to their mates on Snapchat, they put it on Facebook, they jump into a forum and they start chatting about it, whatever, and it just spreads really quickly. Or maybe they send it to a WhatsApp group or whatever. It just spreads real quick. Um, the older audience is tending to take their cues from traditional media, reading the newspaper, watching TV, listening to the radio, you know, that sort of stuff, and not as much in social media. Now, that's, again, a gross generalisation. There's a lot of older people on social media too. <laughs> but, but, but definitely we've found that um, when one person says, this is amazing, this is awesome, it just spreads through that network really quickly. And that's why about 60% of our growth is, is referral-based. I think on the idea of, you know, customers recommending up to other friends, especially if we're thinking about, you know, 16 to 25-year-olds, to what extent do you think, I mean, if we think about financial literacy, which is a topic I find really important when thinking about growth in the market as well, do you think that having more open discussions among young people about banking products and financial decision-making can have some sort of, I guess, some, some positive impacts longer term? Because customers, instead of, I have a bank and I don't really talk about it, they're having more dialogue about what their needs are, what their goals are, and how their banking products can suit those needs. Do you think there's a bit of a shift in the market in terms of those right. open dialogues? A million percent, right? Um, uh, financial well-being, financial literacy, understanding money, reconnecting with money, whatever you want to call it, yep. that, um, uh, that sort of uh, movement is something that we literally are spearheading. So, so, so in Australia, I mean, around the world, there's all sorts of others doing it, but right in Australia, we are challenging the status quo and providing ways for people to have those discussions. So I mentioned two up a few times. I'll put it into practical terms, right? 
Two Up was created exactly for the reason that you just described. Like money is hard to talk about. It's especially hard in the early stages of a relationship. It's really hard if it's your roommate or it's your brother or it's your business partner or whatever. Um, and, and so it, it's a very tricky sort of segue from first date or living together or being siblings or whatever to talking about money. Like how do you actually do that? And what Up does is give you this awesome fun, engaging way to do it, right? So the new kind of sort of joint account that we developed, you can set it up, shut it down real quick. It's so awesome that we get messages from customers. We get thousands of messages every day from customers. And we get messages from so many two-up customers saying to us, oh my God, it's unbelievable. I'm talking to my partner about blah. I'm talking to my brother about blah. My mum and I are now talking about money. We've never talked about it before. People say to us all the time as well, I've never been able to save money. Like we have two up savers where both parties are unrestricted, able to add money and take money out. Now we don't have a multi-auth, uh, you know, multiple, uh, you know, uh, approvals and all that sort of complicated crap that you get with a sort of traditional joint account. This is based on trust. This is based on both parties agreeing that they're going to share a pool of money. And it could be a couple of people, you know, a couple of friends going away for a camping weekend and wanting to have 200 bucks available to both of them so they can buy I don't know, sausages and beer, <laughs> like, you know, like, um, so, so, so the idea of reinventing what a joint account is, it opens up relationships, it opens up the ability for people to talk about money, and all of that's happening in a fun, safe and friendly environment. So, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I know that if we were having this conversation on a panel with a whole bunch of bankers, you get a very, very different answer, but it is actually insightful. It's the reason that we created two up and it's the reason that the multiplayer banking strategy will be critical for up over the coming decade because everything we do is about helping people understand reconnect talk about feel comfortable with and have fun with their money and and, and you know even little manifestations like when you put your money into a saver and it works with two up savers too um, it's digitally represented as what we call a savers pool and you can move your phone around and the gravity engine on your phone will actually show you your money. Now, it might sound like a gimmick. And when we, we pitched it as an idea internally, we all sort of were laughing and joking and thinking as we begin. It's turned into something extraordinary. For the first time in the digital world, we've created a tangible connection between people, humans, and their money. Because digital money is something that just slips through your fingers. It just disappears. Like, where is this digital money? Now, suddenly, you can see it and you can feel it. Like, the phone vibrates when the emoji sitting in the pool of money hits the side of the phone. And it really, you can see it filling up, the saver you can see filling up with the savings pool. It sounds like a gimmick to people who don't know it or don't get it, or let's say bankers, like you know traditional bankers. As soon as you um, uh, experience it and you feel it, especially if you're young, you're like, oh my God, this changed my life. Um, and I think that that is, you know, goes to the point that you're saying is that if you can change someone's life, help someone change their behavior, help someone understand and have fun with their money. I, I, I think it's the future. And I think that we are resonating with the younger audience today, but that is applicable across generations. Everyone in the world wants that. Um, and it's a very, very difficult thing for a bank to do. Try and inject yourself in between two different humans in a conversation about money. Very difficult thing to do. We've done it superbly and done it digitally and made it fun. So exciting thinking about how money can almost be demystified and just thinking about how can 
because I think sometimes money, especially when you're, you know, starting to develop savings, it's, you know, you don't know if you want to talk about it or it's, you know, you've got roommates, but it, money's always a bit of a point of tension. And I love that idea of it's actually open dialogue. You know, it started someone, a mum and daughter talking more about money more comfortably, or even an early couple, maybe they've moved in together, but they're still in an early stage of their relationship. They don't want to take out, maybe they just want to be able to pull some money together to see maybe they're saving up for a TV or whatever it might be. But that tangible view where you can see your money it's not just a number it's you know it's, it's it's money it kind of gives you that mental click of okay I'm actually working towards more than just bigger numbers I'm working towards more money I just think that's that's really exciting and it's quite it sounds simple but you can also see when thinking about all the decisions that would have gone in behind the scenes just how much work's gone into making money more fun and more you know, easier to talk about because you can have these back and forth conversations through the app you can see your money grow and you can you know pull money together with different relationships and different friendship groups and different people in your life. Yeah, 100%. One other crazy example is that when we designed the support experience for uh, our joint accounts, 2UP, uh, we thought, well, if you're in a 2UP, you're in a relationship and you're both jointly dealing with money, you actually want it to be a group chat. You know, you don't want to be talking to the support person, you know, the person at UP, um, about the money that the other person is not part of that conversation and it's inspired by your whatsapp or your iMessages or your facebook group or whatever like it's inspired by that but it's applied to money and so for the first time ever you can now be having a chat with your bank and your partner your two up is part of the conversation so i was you know when we first came up with this idea i was testing it and my wife was like what the hell's going on i keep getting these alerts that you know because i'm just talking to someone it's amazing it's absolutely amazing and it opens the dialogue like suddenly you're at dinner or you're sitting on the couch watching Netflix or whatever, and you're having a conversation about money. It just wouldn't have happened before. And so I just think that that, again, it's a unique manifestation, but nobody else has ever done it. <laughs> um, and, and so it's a simple thing, um, but those simple things sometimes are the real magical things. I love that. I think it's a really great topic to end our discussion on today when thinking about just the future growth. And I would love to, to finish our discussion today with any kind of predictions you have for next year or any Kind of what, what do you see in the next couple of years, either for the future of UP, the future of youth banking, both? You know, what, what are your predictions for, uh, for the year to come? I think it's a, a reasonably hot area. Um, you know, the, the, the global pandemic has, has, has changed people's uh, idea about how digital can disrupt, right? Because we're, we're doing the Zoom, <laughs> you know, like um, people are interacting in a digital way that they haven't before. And it, it's definitely seen that happen in the banking sector. Um, so I think there's probably a couple of things. For, for, for me, genuinely seeing the customer first, you know, like not just saying, oh, yeah, well, we think about the customer whenever we think about doing new things or whatever, but, but imagining the future for customers and what the possible outcome for them could be. Anson, who I mentioned earlier on, he, I call him our chief imaginer, sort of our head of product. It's his job. He's like a futurist. It's his job to imagine the future of banking. That's it, right? And he's been working, him and I have been working on this together with the rest of the team and stuff for nearly a decade. And so we, we, we live and breathe the future. And so having the customer first, that's not, I think that's really important. The other one is, is for it to be fun. Like there's no good, like we've seen a lot of people talking about financial wellness, financial literacy, financial well-being, all that sort of stuff. And everybody has a different way to solve that problem. And I think it's great that everyone's doing it. We've heard a lot of people talking about diversity. We've heard a lot of people talking about environment, like talking about all those things and then actually doing it is different, right? So there's like, Having the customer first, it needs to be tangible. And then thinking about the future, you've actually got to do it. And I think that having financial wellness and financial well-being and everything and having programs to help with that and support services and everything, that's like baby steps. That's step one. Making it fun 
you can you can encompass all of that in, in the engagement in the experience and so i think that's probably we'll see definitely more of that from up uh, whether we see more of that from others i don't know <laughs> like i said people love to copy what we do uh, one one of the things we like about that we take solace in the fact that when people are copying us they can't beat us <laughs> right so uh, so that's fine uh, so yeah i think there're probably a couple of things and then the other thing for us is more um, cross-pollination across industries, right? So, so seeing people who have, uh, let's say, I mean, the other way to think about it is software disrupting or eating the world, right? You know, you hear that from, um, you know, famous people in the, in the software space is that software is, every company is a software company. Um, the number one car company in the world, the number one retailer in the world, the number one everything is a software company now. So, so, so I think that seeing that cross-pollination, that it's not just about uh, money, it's about uh, purchasing, it's about retail, it's about travel, it's about all those different things. You're going to see the convergence of those different things. And money is literally just the currency that, that makes those things happen. It's an enabler. And same with technology. Technology is just a tool. It's just an enabler to make that stuff easier, more engaging and more fun. What a great topic or note to end on, you know, prediction for more fun, which I think that's what we need, more fun in banking and more ways to engage, more ways to not have that sense of dread when you look at your bank account because it's just giving you that, okay, money is stressful, but at least I've got this way I can interact with it. So thank you so much for, for all of the, you know, everything that you've you've talk, spoken to us about today and um, your perspective because I think there's a lot of really exciting work that UP is doing and I really can't wait to see what else comes out in the, you know, next year, of course, I'm sure there'll be some exciting developments, but also you know, longer term, I think there's a lot of amazing things that are soon to come. So thanks so much for being part of this discussion today. No worries, Anna. It was an absolute pleasure. And thank you for your great questions. <laughs> <laughs>